Hey friends, it's Becca. I'm Taylor. And this is Ghost Emoji. Today we are talking about the man who killed Halloween, which is what our our notes are titled. Taylor didn't come up with it. She didn't come up with it, but you know. But I've got, you know, good naming convention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thought it was good to, to tie it together, other than bad man kills kids poison candy. It's not as catchy. No, not quite. <laughs> Doesn't roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Because Halloween is coming up. And when I was a kid, I don't know how they even thought they could because I had a massive pillowcase full of candy. But whenever I came in, my parents always were like, well, we got to look through all of it. And I was like, what's the point? What are you going to do? Because they were scared that there was going to be like a razor blade or a pin or peanuts or something. I don't know. I don't know what they were necessarily scared of, but it just always was kind of like an extra step where they had to dig around in my pillowcase and inefficiently look at some of the candy. Because most of that candy went towards, we would stretch it out as far as we could the rest of the year. Me and my mom, when we would watch X-Files, we would pull out the bag of candy. And so by the end, it was all just like sweet tarts. Uh, Not dum-dums. Dum-dums are good. Tootsie Rolls. Some dum-dums are gross. Some are gross. And towards the end of the year, it was it was slim pickings. Yeah. Then it was just kind of sad and scary. Mm-hmm. That's more efficient. <laughs> uh, my sister and I weren't big candy eaters, but we loved like dressing up and going trick-or-treating. So I would eat like all of the Starburst, all of the Jolly Ranchers, and like Skittles. And then the rest of it would rot in my closet until the next year. Oh, you should have given it to me. I should have given it to literally anyone else, but my parents would sit down and go through every single thing and they would take out like what they knew we didn't like that they liked, like some chocolate and some whatever. But I was not a big candy eater. Like I liked fruity, chewy stuff and that was like it. Mm. But then I guess if you were trying to give it away to people, it might have looked suspicious. And they'd been like, what are you giving this candy back to me for? What's in it? What's wrong with it? (laughs) (laughs) It's all the good stuff. (laughs) Giving me Snickers and Milky Way. What's Ways? wrong with it? Kit Kats. What's wrong with it? I just don't like chocolate. It's been in my closet for like a month. <laughs> been in my sweaty little hands. <laughs> but I always thought, you know, that it was kind of like a made up, an urban legend type thing. I didn't think that it was actually based on any actual happening until a few years ago. I saw a documentary called Killer Legends. And uh, it went, it talked about this and found out that one of the closest actual happenings of it happened in like the Pasadena, kind of like South East Houston area. So not quite where we lived, but not too far. Yeah. So it kind of makes more sense why our parents were so paranoid because it's like, it's already happened like near us. It could happen again. It could. Well, maybe not quite because... Well, we'll get to it. Want to start in on the origins? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's get to those origins. The origin story. Of poison candy. Claims that candy was poisoned gained general credence during the Industrial Revolution when food production moved out of the home or local area where it was made in familiar ways by known and trusted people to strangers using unknown ingredients and unfamiliar machines and processes. Some doctors publicly claimed that they were treating children poisoned by candy every day. If a child became ill and had eaten candy, the candy was widely assumed to be the cause. However, no cases of illness or death were ever substantiated. 
Um, and then in the late 1800s and early 1900s, um, apparently many state agencies tested hundreds of candy types and found no evidence of tampering or poisoning. So eventually the acclaims that uh, children were being sickened by candy were put to down to indigestion due to overeating or to other causes like food poisoning with improper cooking, hygiene, storage, etc. Yeah, so it ain't real. Yup. But I guess people were still saying it was growing the myth like a science project <laughs> yep just like a big moldy culture of myth um mm. back in 1959 a california dentist named william shine gave candy coated laxative pills ew to trick-or-treaters he was charged with outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs time to poop <laughs> babies man i that's very very rude so like there is that it's not poison but it's not gonna feel great especially i mean i guess depending on how strong they are for little kids like that what's gonna happen to their gutty works yeah i mean if they're malnourished or um like dehydrated at all that could kill them well in this case it didn't people were just mad that's good so no one did yet um in 1964 an annoyed long island new york woman gave out packages of inedible objects to children who she believed were too old to be trick-or-treating i've been there uh, except I just feel intimidated because a lot of times they're bigger than me. And so I just give them the candy and say, cool leather jacket, kid. Bye. And then they leave because I don't want them to egg my house. But this lady said no. And so she gave them packages containing items such as steel wool, dog biscuits, and ant buttons, which uh, were labeled with poison very clearly. So it's not like someone was going to accidentally eat them unless they thought it was a joke. That would have been bad. But uh, no one ate them. Nobody got hurt. Uh, but she was prosecuted and she pled guilty to endangering children. Um, the same year saw media reports of lye-filled bubblegum being handed out in Detroit and rat poison being given in Philadelphia. Although these media reports were never substantiated by actual events. It was just kind of panic. Um, another notable milestone in the spread of the candy tampering myths uh, was an article published back in the 1970 uh, in the New York Times. This article claimed that those Halloween goodies that children collect this weekend on their rounds of trick-or-treating may bring them more horror than happiness and provided ex- uh, specific examples of potential tamperings. So not actually saying that something had happened, but like telling all the ways that someone could mess with your candy. So <laughs> Gotta feed that media beast. Gotta make people scared. Ugh. I heard you wanted to have fun tonight. Too bad the news is here. <laughs> I'm here, kids. I'm here to ruin your fun. Bring your parents in. <laughs> For real. Uh, um, reports and copycat incidences peaked shortly after the Chicago Tylenol murders, which were scary. Um, and that was when... What happened with that? Um, that was a murderer who added poison to a few bottles of over-the-counter medication after the medication had been delivered to the stores. So... Is that why they added the seals, the tamper seals mm-hmm. to the top? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was just one of those things, like, the, the people, the person who did it obviously just wanted to cause, like, mayhem. They didn't, like, say, oh, it looks like, you know, Linda's going to pick out that specific bottle. I want to poison her. It was just straight terror. Just wanted to, to scare people and freak them out. Um, you see, and that was one month before Halloween in 1982. So it was fresh on everyone's minds when, you know, they're thinking about their kids eating candy. Rough. Yep. So the, the myth has grown. It's it's big, it's big and, and luscious and full. Mm-hmm. 
but um, we also have the debunking of the myth. Becca's here to debunk. Um, I'm here to debunk. Okay. So by 1985, the hysteria about candy poisonings was so rampant that an ABC News Washington Post poll found that 60% of parents feared that their children would be injured or killed because of Halloween candy sabotage. Um, Joel Best, a sociologist at the University of Delaware, specializes in the scholarly study candy tampering legends. It's quite a job. (laughs) That's quite a job. Like at a bar and be like, hey, what do you do? Boy, I could tell you about candy tampering legends all night in bed. (laughs) In bed. You just throw your drink in his face and just leave. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm Joel Best and I'm here to impress you. Uh, he collected newspaper reports from 1958 to 1983 in search of evidence of candy tampering. Fewer than 90 instances qualified as actual candy tampering, and none of those cases were random attempts from strangers at Halloween. Most cases were attempts by adults to gain financial compensation, or far more commonly, by children to get attention. That's what I was talking about earlier, where, like, the kids wouldn't do it to themselves and then, like, get hurt, but they would, like, open a candy, stick, like, a safety pin in it, and then run to their parents and be like, Mom, look what I found. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're being showered with attention and being like, oh, my my baby, what happened? So probably, you know, kids that were having trouble and, and wanted to get some some loving from their parents and then it just spins out of control. Yeah. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Far more prevalent during the same period were reports of vandalism, racist incidents, and children being injured in pedestrian vehicle collisions on Halloween. Yeah, so wear your reflective vests over your cool costume and use your little glow stick. They make really fancy ones. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> They're cool. So you want to talk about the misattributed poisoning deaths? You know I do. Oh, do it. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really want to because it's all like kid death. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. That's our game. I don't know why I, uh, I'm always like, yeah, let's do it. These children are dead. It's the only way to get through this without wanting to die, honestly. All right. So these are the deaths of five American children that were initially blamed on stranger poisoning, but then turned out after further investigation that they were from other causes. Um, in 1970, Kevin Tostin, a five-year-old boy from the Detroit area, found and ate heroin that his uncle had stashed. Yeah. Uh, The boy died following a four-day coma. Um, The family attempted to protect the uncle by claiming that the drug had been sprinkled in his Halloween candy. In the kid's Halloween candy, not the the uncle's. Yeah, so that one was just a very sad mistake. Uh, Let's see. In 1978, Patrick Wiederhold, a two-year-old boy from Flint, Michigan, died after eating Halloween candy. Um, but toxicology tests found no evidence of poison, and the death was determined to be from uh, natural causes. Um, 1990, Ariel Katz, a seven-year-old girl in Santa Monica, California, died while trick-or-treating, and early press reports blamed it on poison candy, despite her parents telling the police that she had been previously diagnosed with a serious uh, medical condition, an enlarged heart, which was what actually killed her. So... That one kind of sucks because it's like the parents being like, no, we never thought it was this. Like, she was sick. And they're like, no, it's poison candy. Feed the media beast. Yeah. No, it's just just sad stuff. Um, in 2001, this says the death of five American children. This girl's from Vancouver. So, just putting that out there. 
I mean, that's a North American child. Becca, I like the way you think. What can I say? <laughs> it's very inclusive of you. No problem. I was thinking of the United States of America, but it's true. Nope. This is just... They, this could also include South American children. It doesn't, but it could. Central America? <laughs> All of the Americas. There's many. Uh, let's see. So in 2001, a four-year-old girl in Vancouver, British Columbia, died after eating some Halloween candy, um, but there was no evidence that it was poisoned, and it turned out that she had actually passed away from a streptococcus infection. Mm. Yeah. And then the big one that we're going to be spending most of the episode talking about was the case of Timothy O'Brien, who was an eight-year-old boy from Deer Park, Texas, um, and that one was in 1974. Whoa. And now is when we get into the man who killed Halloween, or also called the Candyman, which is confusing because unfortunately in Houston we also have another guy. Uh, we have a serial killer who was called the Candyman, whose real name was Dean Coral, um, who liked to hang out and kill young people in the Heights. So we are not talking about him. He's equally scary, and if you want to go look him up, you can. There's also a My Favorite Murder episode that has him in it, but uh, we're not talking about him. We're talking about the other Candyman. And not the Candyman from the movie, The Candyman. He was scary, too. He was very scary. That movie was a very scary movie for me. It's very intense. Yup. But it's not him. So now that we've talked about everything that it's not, do you want to take us in? All right. The man who killed Halloween slash the Candyman, but not Dean Cole. <laughs> so on October 31st, that's Halloween, guys, mm -hmm. uh, 1974, Ronald Clark O'Brien and a neighbor took their four children trick-or-treating in a Pasadena, Texas neighborhood. Um, the kids ran ahead at one point, and when Ronald O'Brien caught up, he handed out five giant pixie sticks that he said a previous home had handed out after they ran ahead. He gave two to his children, Timothy and Elizabeth, two to his neighbor's kids, and one to a child he recognized from church while they were out trick-or-treating. Uh, once they were back home, the parents let each child pick out a piece of candy to eat before bed. O'Brien's son Timothy picked out the giant pixie, stick, pixie sticks for his piece. Uh, the powder was clumped up, so O'Brien rolled the stick in his hand to break it up before giving it to his son. Almost immediately, Timothy began vomiting and convulsing, and with an hour, within an hour, he was dead. His autopsy revealed that he died from cyanide poisoning. Panic in the community ensued, and the other four pixie sticks were all collected. All five of the pixie sticks had been opened with the top two inches refilled with cyanide powder and were resealed with a staple. What the hell? Like, that's not even trying. Mm -mm. Um, it's the 70s. <sighs> Jesus. Like, I mean, no one had really done this before, so they were just like, yeah, this is good enough. God. Um, according to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults, while the other four candies contained dosages that could kill three to four adults. Good God. Yeah, I mean, luckily they got it before the other kids ate it. Poor Tim. I know. He was just really excited. The worst part is, like, the documentary that I watched that had him in it and it showed him like he was like he was still like dressed up in his outfit he's dressed up like uh planet of the apes poor little boy or not dressed like planet of the apes but like an ape from planet of the apes so sad mm -hmm. it gets worse okay um happy halloween <laughs> uh, i'm feeling like teary-eyed okay um i'm gonna get through this o'brien led police to a home that the group visited but whose occupant did not answer the door right away. O'Brien claimed that he revisited the home before catching up with the group. He said the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but cracked the door and handed him five pixie sticks. 
The home belonged to Courtney Melvin, but the police were able to rule him out as a suspect because he was working as an air traffic controller at Hobby Airport until 11 p.m. None of the other houses the group had visited gave out pixie sticks, so the police began to get suspicious of O'Brien's story. Mm -hmm. Who's the real bad guy, can you guess? Mm. God. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant by earlier when I was like, it's not, it's not even strangers. So I feel like our parents should have known better if if they didn't if they didn't put the the poison in there themselves. Strangers weren't going to do it. Yep. <sighs> and the police soon learned that O'Brien had taken out a sizable life insurance policy on both of his children, um, compounded with O'Brien's spotty job history and enormous debt. A motive began to materialize. O'Brien's wife maintained that she did not know about the insurance policies on their children's lives. Uh, Police also learned that on the morning after Timothy's death, O'Brien had called the insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son. So, like, no chill, just calling immediately right after. Um, They also found out that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween in 1974. Um, He left without purchasing anything after learning the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. Police theorized that O'Brien had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on their life insurance policies. They believe he gave the other children the candy in an effort to cover up his crime and build on the myth that strangers were poisoning kids on Halloween. The other children never consumed the candy, which is good. But the fact that he was willing to kill, like, five kids for money, and from what I looked up, I want to say... Well, maybe if his um, if his daughter had passed away, I guess maybe. But I want to say that the amount he had taken out, he had like a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and the life insurance policy that he had on them was like for sixty thousand. Maybe that was per kid. But I'm just like, you killed your son, and if you had actually gotten the money for this, like it wouldn't have even taken out your debt. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I just the other thing is, it's like you know. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be paying off your fucking debt that you created with your children's lives. Like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, why don't you just kill yourself? Like. No, this is just a selfish dude. He just wants to keep doing whatever he's doing. Anyway. I I don't know. (laughs) Not to say, like, I'm not trying to say, like, the, that thing where people are like, you're an asshole, you should kill yourself. That's not okay. That's not cool. I'm saying, like, if he was that desperate, like. I don't see how you could be a person that's empathetic at all and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill my children instead of just like either filing for bankruptcy. There's like a million other things he could have done. Like taking his life would have been not great. Obviously, that probably would have scarred his children and traumatized them. But I mean, at least one of them wouldn't be dead. You know what I mean? Empathy is obviously not something that he um, has or a conscience. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, On November 5th, uh, 1974, so, like, they moved pretty fast, um, he was arrested on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. He entered a plea of not guilty to all five accounts. Um, There was testimony from his brother-in-law and sister-in-law about O'Brien talking about the money that they would receive from the insurance policy at his son's funeral. So very classy. Um, Friends and co-workers said that he talked about how much cyanide it would take to kill a person, like, way more than a normal person should (laughs) like i get it like i don't know even as me as someone who researches a lot of serial killers and is consumed a lot of media about true crime 
I don't know how much cyanide I could kill you. I fear it probably doesn't take that much. <laughs> so if someone comes up to me, they know the exact amounts. Uh, some something's up. Something's wrong. They're up to no good. Just, uh, Jesus. Um, O'Brien continued to maintain his innocence, like, throughout the entire trial. He never once hinted that he thought he did it. Um, his defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or candy apples with razor blades inserted. Um, while this legend is often cited as being true and other cases have been falsely linked to it, there are virtually no documented cases of such an event. Kind of like what we went over earlier. Um, the case and subsequent trial garnered national attention and the press dubbed O'Brien the Candyman. On June 3rd, 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Murdy? Murder. Murdy. Got him on that attempted murdy. Uh, the jury took 71 minutes to sentence him to death. On March 31st, 19, or, yeah, 1984, shortly after midnight, Brian was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville Unit, which is a prison in Huntsville, obviously. It's in Texas. We get to drive near it all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you know when you're driving down through Houston, or to Houston, the place that we pass in Huntsville that I thought was the prison isn't the main, like, big prison. It's way farther off the road. Really? Yeah, Andy went to school there, and since she was in, like, criminal justice stuff that was she knew a lot about prisons wow mm -hmm. so it's the one you can see from from 45 is not the big prison wow that's because it's, it's pretty, pretty big. sizable yeah <laughs> but that's not the one where they keep all like the death row inmates and stuff and i know like we're from texas so i know anyone listening to this probably i know we kill a lot of people and i i really have complicated feelings about it but i hate this man <laughs> So I don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, he he was actually supposed to be the first guy killed by lethal injection. But they like rescheduled his thing so many times. One of the times was rescheduled for actual Halloween. But then he got an appeal. And this was the last one was the March 31st one. And by then someone had already uh, been killed by lethal injection. But anyway, Jeez. I know. Um, in his final statement, O'Brien maintained his innocence still, stating that he felt the death penalty was wrong and added, I forgive all and I do mean all those who have been involved in my death. God bless you all and may God's blessings be always yours because he was a big church guy. And yet. <laughs> well, so was Dennis Rader. I mean, it's a great cover. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> oh. God. During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison, cheering while some yelled trick-or-treat. Uh, others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. So that's where I'm saying, like, I I promise I'm not so happy-go-lucky about other executions because it, like, it's a complicated issue. But for this guy, I don't know. Anyone who kills their own kids who didn't do it because they have like a mental illness or something which even then is still awful but if you just do it because you're greedy and awful <laughs> i just don't feel bad well i mean it's one of those things where it's like well where do you fit into society like i mean what what good are you going to contribute to 
the world. And it's, I don't know, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, not only did he endanger his kids and kill one of them, he also endangered other people's children. So it's like, he has no morals at all. Just as a part of his cover. He wasn't even going to make any money from those other three kids. No, just didn't care. If he had succeeded, he would have killed one one more kid than he actually had. Two of his kids and three other kids. Yep. So I just, I, I mean, I don't take the death penalty lightly either. Like, I have complicated feelings about it. But in some instances, I'm just sort of like, you know, you, you certainly did your best to get this outcome. Like, mm-hmm. you really tried for it. Well, just to be, so I don't like, know what you expected. that conceded to, to claim innocence the entire time and never never change your mind and like that whole like well i'm sorry if i offended you kind of going out thing yeah like okay (laughs) but that's that is the one where i was you know watching the documentary about it and they they started it off you know kind of talking about it and you didn't realize i didn't realize that he was the one who did it so I thought it was going to be like, oh, there really was like a, a stranger poisoning and this is where it all comes from. And then it was the dad. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? you? Pfft, like my brain. I couldn't. And that and the fact that, you know, I didn't know about it until a few years ago. I mean, a lot of stuff goes on in Houston that we're probably not familiar with. But just the fact that it was still kind of like in our neck of the woods and I didn't know about it. Yeah. It's definitely contributing to the whole thing. Like, you know, last year was my first year to have, you know, people come trick-or-treat at our house. And we really didn't have that many. I mean, we've got a neighborhood that has a lot of, lot of like, families and kids and stuff in it. But, you know, now you've got a lot of places that will set up, like, going to, like, a church or some kind of, like, community event and do, like, a trunk-or-treat where you're trick-or-treating out of people kind of, like, tailgate. And just walk around because people are, are freaked out. And I mean, I guess it's nice to know that it isn't strangers you have to be worried about, but not that much better if it has to be like, well, it's not strangers. I guess I got to worry about my parents poisoning me for money. I was going to say, like, it goes back to that whole fact that the person who's most likely to kill you is like a man that you're either like seeing, married to, dating, or your father. Yes, I related to like. Yep. So, I mean, just good times. Have you ever made Ryan promise not to murder you for money? Because uh, I've definitely yep. asked Mark. I've been like, you yep. promise not to? And he's like, haha, of course not. And I'm just like, no, really, look me in my eyes. Look at me in my two beautiful brown eyes and tell me you, you, you promise you won't kill me. Because, you know, that's the freaky part is if you're going to get killed, it's going to be someone you know. <laughs> what makes me sad is also the fact that, like, if... I do die in weird circumstances. They will immediately look at Ryan and I'm just like, there's no way that I think Ryan would kill me. Like he's too mild mannered. But like, I know that immediately they'd be like, it's probably but how many him. people, how many people say that they're like, they would never kill me. And then they kill you. I mean, that's true. But... To be fair. I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't think Ryan would. I think Kitty would. I think Kitty would t- like kill you and then try to take your place and put a wig on. And try to be Ryan's new girlfriend. Yeah, she loves Ryan. That's what Kitty's going to do to me. <laughs> My Kitty. He's going to like roll over in bed. I'm going to be tied up in the closet somewhere. Kitty's going to have like a wig on. A brown wig. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, meow, 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 meow. And Mark will be like, oh, Taylor, sorry, I don't have my contacts in. I didn't see you there. 
<laughs> She'll be like, yes. Oh, you've been eating tuna? You smell real <laughs> You smell <fishy>. weird. <laughs> oh, you have your retainer in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll ha- I have it all planned out. Kitty doesn't do nothing. She's a cat. Yeah. But that's the story of the man who killed Halloween. He's dead now. So he won't poison your kids. Please don't poison your kids. And if you want to check your kids' candy or whatever, like, I know I was joking earlier about how my parents are really bad and inefficient of it, at it, but, I mean, if it makes you feel better, there's nothing wrong with looking around and seeing if anything's open or looks weird or, or whatever, but, you know, I hope it feels a little bit better to know that, for the most part, this is just a lot of misunderstandings and long-running stories that have been turned into this. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. But if you see a pixie stick that is stapled, do not eat it. No, please do not eat it. Don't let someone you love eat it. Don't let a stranger eat it. Just don't eat it. Just throw it away. A staple, man. God. That and the fact that he was talking about it at the funeral. like Greedy and stupid. What a dumb asshole. I'm not here to give killer killer people. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to give them ways to get away with it i want them to get caught and i want to get you know want them to pay for it but it's just one of those things where it's like you were so like conceited and like arrogant to think that you could do this horrible thing and get away with it but then you like talked to your co-workers about how much cyanide can kill a person and like i just it's just one of those things where i'm like of course it was a man <laughs> of course it was like that's such a dude thing like um, and nothing could happen to me. I'm, I'm a white male living in America. I'm too smart. Like, They'll never catch me. Uh, he well, they did. You asshole. Did. They caught him butt good. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat. Go to hell. Ding dong. You're dead. <laughs> yep. You big dummy. Is that the name of like a movie from the '90s? Ding dong. You're dead. Probably. We'll look that up later. So you got any things going on this week that are exciting? Do I? Uh. Uh, oh, I might be going to a, a pumpkin patch on Saturday. Ooh. There's one nearby. It's going to be uh, pretty toasty outside, but they've got pumpkin chunking and they've got like a fall festival where I can, you know, buy fall themed yard decorations and goodies from a like church yard sale. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sounds fun. I'm hoping it'll be good. Me and Mark always try to go to a pumpkin patch every year. And uh, in like the past four or five years, it's usually been hot. There was one year where it was kind of like it had rained or something. And so it was sort of chilly, but it was also really humid and like muggy. So mm. like get that feeling like your bangs are wet and oily, but it's actually just damp. Yeah. Kind of get that wet like forest hair when you go way up in the mountains where it's real humid. Fun. Mm-hmm. It's like being in a rainforest. But in a pumpkin patch. In the middle of <laughs> North Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's all I've really got going. I need to finish up my final Pam outfit. Yeah. Got to get that feather yeah. trim. And my wig should be coming in soon. It's going to be beautiful. It's very exciting. And I'm going to play Life is Strange tomorrow since I guess tomorrow is the weekend. I'll count that too. That's good. I that's good. I hope nothing bad happens in Life is Strange. <laughs> nothing bad will happen. I don't know. It's like you were talking about that... that movie you watched the fire walk with me where you're just like you know knowing what happens in the first season it's terrible watching and just being like can i save them can i just reach in and save them 
Yep. So uh, life is strange before the storm. Same deal. What's going to happen? Feels bad. Feels bad. Can I save him? Can I save him? Oh, it's my kitty. Did dad let you be free? She says, yeah, that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> I had to give kitty a bath this morning because she had doo-doo on her butt. Ew. Kitty, get that yeah. taken care of. Did you have doo-doo on your butt? She's biting me. Oh, God. She did really well in the bathtub, though. That's good. She looked weird. She's all wet. Mm. She looked a lot smaller than I thought she, like, because she's got her little tummy, but I didn't realize, like, how thick her hair is. Yeah, she's thick and soft. She is thick and soft. And so she was much smaller when she was wet. She little. She got that fat tail, though. I love it. (laughs) Was her tail still fat? Yeah. That's weird. She just got fat tail. I love it. (laughs) I just got a chubby tail. It's fat and short, and I love it so much. Oh, I love those fat tails. Are you doing anything spooky this weekend? Mm Mm-mm. Watching me play Life is Strange. Probably. I'll probably see you. (laughs) That's always scary. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Is Taylor going to be sweaty today? (laughs) Nobody knows. Did she wash her hair? No one knows. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I just washed my bangs. I don't know. <laughs> You're living your best life. I respect that. I do. That. I'm, I'm, you know. Tell you what's real scary is taking antibiotics when you don't need them and then having like a week of getting your guts back together. So we'll see if I wash them. See how I'm feeling. My ha- hair, not my guts. <laughs> I have had that experience. The, the like taking antibiotics when you shouldn't be. And I've also done the, at the same time, I was taking too many because the label was wrong. And you're dead now and you're talking to me from the afterlife because you shit your guts out. Uh, it, it was very visceral, honestly. It's intense. Like, <laughs> I could eat about a teaspoon of yogurt and then I would immediately have to go to the bathroom. It was miserable. I hated that. That was a bad time. So if you experienced that, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You know, that was my scary weekend last weekend. Water butt. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Antibiotics, they will fuck you up. I'm here now. I'm stronger. Longer and stronger than I've ever been. You're stronger than yesterday? Nothing's gonna get in your way? Your loneliness ain't killing you no more? I'm stronger. I don't know the rest of that song. That was the extent of my It's pretty good, though. I I can recognize it's Britney's Stronger. Yep. I heard that. Next week's episode is going to be on actual Halloween, so it's going to be extra spooky, very scary. Get, get ready to get scared out of your gourd. God dang mine. Yeah, right out of your, your skeleton will jump out of your body. Your dang old skeleton's going to be and out. into my body. I want to have all the skeletons. Whoa. Skeleton transfer. I'm, no, I'm keeping my skeleton, too. Oh, God. How many? You can't keep that many skeletons in your little body. I want all the skeletons. I'm a skeleton hog. You're not a Photoshop project with layers. You can't do that. Mm, I'm like an onion. A skeleton onion. Kitty. She's knocking stuff over and being bad. She's got a restless spirit. She's a naughty baby. Her skeleton can jump in my body, too. I want that fat tail. (laughs) It is fat. I love it. I love that. I hope too. it's all just bone. Like, it's all skeleton. It's just a really, like, thick. So bad. Um, if you like our stuff, we are on. Um, we haven't been on YTube in a minute. I haven't uploaded any of them because they all get literally, like, one view. Uh, so, might not. Yeah, it seems like a waste of <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, it honestly. takes a long time to render those videos. So, yeah, uh, don't look for us on YTube. 
unless you really want to. If we get a demand for that, I guess I'll bring it back, but I'm not hearing it, so I'm going to just focus on uh, Podbean and iTunes, of course. If you like it, you can leave us a review. My goal is to one day have enough that we can actually have an average of reviews. That would be my one true Halloween wish, if I could just get get enough reviews <laughs> to get... Do we have any reviews? Uh, Sheree left us one. I haven't looked at it in a minute, but Sheree left us one. If you know <laughs> us, you should be leaving us a review. I'm very disappointed What do you in think you. these shout outs are for? <laughs> you don't leave us a review, you don't get a shout out. Oh, well, we've already given out a lot of shout outs to people who haven't left oh, reviews. You won't get any more shout outs. You're cut off. <laughs> um, speaking of shout outs, uh, I guess, who who do we have this week? Oh, God, was that really loud? I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't okay. that loud. Um, our shout out for this week is going to go out to Tree because <laughs> he's, I think, probably left us the most uh, comments and feedback on our actual uh, uh, Twitter, our tweeter, which is nice. And he like posts on our Facebooks and gives us suggestions and stuff. And it's just it's nice. It's it's just nice. Thanks, Tree. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm not crying, but I am really appreciative because I always, it's just, it feels good, you know? He posted a thing about all these, like, really cool, like, Halloween crafts that I I know I'm not crafty enough to do, but I loved, like, watching them build these, like, fake mirror things with, like, a scary face on it and thinking, like, maybe one day, not today. But one day. I hope you're ready for when we watch Hocus Pocus with Shree. And I think Rachel wanted to come too and go over the garden wall because I'm going to make so many Halloween treats. Oh, you're going to make me sugar sick. I'm going to make Nutter Butter Ghosts. I'm going to make my like quote unquote healthy vegan cosmic brownies. But I'm going to shape them like fucking bats. Um, I'm going to make some chocolate cutout cookies. That are shaped like, I don't know what yet, something cool. Spideys. And, yeah, spiders, maybe. Witch hats. And then I'm going to make some witch fingers. Oh, witch fingers. Mm, you do make a good Nutter Butter Ghost. Oh, yep, get ready to get sugar sick. Oh, if you want a Nutter Butter Ghost, uh, go follow us on, on Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show, and Becca will send you uh, a, a bushel of Nutter Butter Ghosts to your door. My cat's going to deliver it. It's a new so service no promises. She's, she's offering. Becca's delivery service. <laughs> I don't fly or anything. I just walk really slowly. So It'll take a while. No promises on freshness. It's like an it follows. Like She'll she'll never stop walking, <laughs> but she doesn't walk very fast. No. I'm, I got stuff to do and think about that doesn't involve delivering your cookies. Uh, but um, I think that's going to do it for this week uh thank you for listening we appreciate all all of our listeners and people who take the time to listen all 10 of you Shh, there's more than 10 i just don't know the rest of them i only all 12 of i you. only know like the 10 did you take us out last time no you took us out yeah chop chop little onion how dare you that's like my most endearing saying that i have in my repertoire that's not Chop, chop, little onion. You don't love it? Stay spooky, guys. (laughs) Chop, chop, little onion. I'm not a stinky little thing you can tell to just chop, chop. Chop, chop, little onion, like a little pearl onion. 
Okay, maybe that's chip cuter. Chop. That's all right. Chip chop, little pearl onion. Kitty, get out of there. Get out of there. Get out of there. I got your fat tail. I got <laughs> okay, it. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>